Let the people of God say amen. amen. Let the people of God say amen. amen. And if you say amen, I guarantee you I won't be long. Amen. I don't mind if you talk back to me. Amen. It's good to be here again. Last time I came, I believe I was a little under weather in December, but God is so good. And it's good to see you still standing and thriving and reaching for that high calling and that mark that God has so entrusted us with. And that's the furtherance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it is good news. And I do bring you greetings from Solid Rock Community Baptist Church, bring you greetings from Bishop Sherrod and our entire church family. It's good to just be in the number. I, we haven't had worship together since March, the middle of March. We are planning on going back to church in first Sunday in September. So pray for us in advance. We have started our Bible studies. We've been doing them virtually, but it's nothing about nothing like being together with the saints of Almighty God able to hear testimonies and just to see the joy of Jesus radiating from your face and overflowing from your heart. But God has a word for us today. Scripture has already been read for your hearing. We want to look at this, this selection in John and if you would just allow me to make a statement, and that statement simply is, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. And if you believe it or not, with all that you see going on in this world, Calvary has a cure. Father God, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you, Father, that I can be among the chosen, I could be among your elect, I could be among your peculiar people, your called out ecclesia, this group that has been called out of darkness into your marvelous light. I thank you, Father, and I pray in advance right now that, Father, you would bless, you bless your word. Father, it's not mine, it's yours. So use in this place, reach in this place, touch in this place, deliver in this place, heal in this place. God, we know you're able. We know you're able. So Father, bless those that are even in the sanctuary and those that might hear your word even over live streaming. We thank you. We thank you for technology because your word will go forth even in the midst of pandemics. We thank you right now. We give your name glory, Father. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be found acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength, my redeemer, my all in all, my rock. In Jesus' name, amen. There's no place like home. My brothers and sisters, I, I, I truly greet you in the name of our risen Savior, Jesus the Christ. Perilous times are upon us, and life as we formerly knew no longer exists. The Bible says that 
you won't know the day nor the hour when the Lord will come back. But it does tell us that you will know the times. And the signs of the times tell us that Jesus is coming soon. As this dispensation of grace comes to a, a rapid end, we are experiencing the birth of or labor pains of this period that will begin the tribulation. Jesus said a, a woman when she is in travel have sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembers no more anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. And ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart shall rejoice and your joy no man taketh from you. So much is happening all around us. That it's hard sometimes for us to wrap our heads around it. But those of the household of faith, I said, those of the household of faith, we need to be strong and, and, and take courage and, and know that God is still in control. Our God is, he's sovereign in everything that goes on in the affairs of man. Nothing that happens in our world is a surprise to almighty God. God has never been caught off guard. Nothing has ever snuck up on God. How can an all-knowing, omniscient, omnipresent, omnipotent God, who's sovereign, how can he ever be surprised about what's going on in this world of ours? In fact, <clears throat> Jesus told us that there would be days like these. In this Laodicean church age that we live in, Jesus told us that because we're neither hot nor cold, God will spew us out of his mouth. This is the church age that makes God sick. And I know that's an anthropomorphism because we can't really give God human characteristics. But this is the church age that makes God sick. He says, I know thy works, that they are neither Cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knoweth not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich in white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that they may see. And as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh, I will grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and have sat down with the father in his throne. He that hath an ear, 
Let them hear what the Spirit say unto the churches. We live in a rebellious church age that rejects God's rule. We like to add what we want to God's word and then subtract those things that we don't like from God's word. This is the church age that has turned God's house of prayer and praise into a corporate institutionalized organization of religious tolerance. Holiness doesn't exist in this church age. God's rule doesn't exist in this church age. And biblical living doesn't seem to exist in this church age. The Bible says we're neither cold nor hot. Our faith in this church age is like a variable mortgage. It moves based on the economy and how it seems to be trending. I told y'all I could say amen. That'll make me move faster. And how we serve God today usually depends on how much money you have in your bank account or even in your pocket. So don't be afraid of what's going on in, in the world right now. God told us that these days would come to pass. Our current condition doesn't dictate our eternal destination. Our temporary inconvenience doesn't hinder our permanent joy. Our current distress can never be bigger than our future glory. And no coronavirus can ever be bigger than my Christ Jesus. So, believers of God, saints of the Most High, remnant that are yet holding on, I tell you today, this morning, be encouraged. God has a lot of good news left for you. I refuse to live my life in fear. When I have a Savior who walks with me, who talks with me, and each and every day of my life, he tells me personally, I am his own. Don't get me wrong. We must practice civil obedience. We must be good citizens and adhere to the laws of our land. We must exercise good common sense, even on college campuses, and not selfishly endanger others with reckless behavior. Living during these times is not easy, but realize, and I can't say this enough, it's only temporary. This is not the time to hold our heads down, and, but this is the time for us to lift our heads to the hills from which cometh our help. Our help comes from the Lord. We can't act like those with no hope. This is not a time to, <laughs> this is the time to let your light shine even brighter. This is the time to walk out your faith that you've been talking about and singing about all of your lives. I don't care how hot or black 
your coffee might be. When you pour some cream into it, have you ever noticed the cream rises to the top? And I don't care how, how hot or how bleak it might be in our lives right now. Now is the time for God's cream to rise to the top. Christ didn't save us to conform to this world. Christ saved us to transform this world even in the midst of pandemic. Even in the midst of natural disasters and hurricanes coming one after another and forest fires in California that don't ever seem like they're going to go out. God saved us for times like this. And you can't panic during a pandemic when you have a Savior that paid it all for you. He didn't pray for the world. Scripture says he prayed for you. That's where so many of us get it wrong. We read the word, but we don't study the word. And then when you study the word, you must apply the word in your daily life. In today's text, Jesus had just finished his final Passover meal with his disciples. He instituted the Lord's Supper to be a memorial for, for now and forever as a remembrance of all that he was going to do for them. And then I find it amazing that Jesus knew everything that he would soon be going through, but all that he was going to be going through, he took the time out to pray for his family. The body of believers that he would be leaving to continue the fight for the souls of mankind. Jesus, he already had his date with Calvary's cross, but he took the time to pray for his family. And I don't care what's going on in our lives. You should always be ready to petition God on the behalf of someone else. That's what makes prayer effective. When you don't forget about what you're going through and you don't get focused on what you get, you're going through solely. And then you focus on what someone else is going through. That's the effectual, fervent prayer of the righteous that will bring change. You want to see real change? Then intercede for your brother and sister in Christ that's growing through something. You want to see real change? You want to see real power? Then take the time to meditate on behalf of the body of Christ. See, that's what love looks like, what faith in action looks like, and that's what God looks like. Jesus didn't come to glorify himself. He came to glorify his Father in heaven. Jesus wasn't worried about saving himself. He came to save the lost no matter what it was going to cost him. And if you really want to make a difference during these perilous times, then pray. Show God how much you love him. 
by interceding on behalf of someone else. That's what's going to make a difference in this world right now. That's what's going to make a difference in Pastor Tracy's life right now. When the church comes together and prays that COVID can't touch him because God's got a cure for him. Pray for these doctors and nurses that are on the front line. Pray for the, our police officers and firefighters that are on the front line. Pray for our elected officials that they would make sound decisions based on preserving life and not a bottom line. Pray for those who've lost their lives and, and those that are affected. Pray for the hungry. Pray for the homeless. Pray for the forgotten. Pray, 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 if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Jesus prayed for his family who was going to be left on the front line after Calvary. Our sin debt was paid on Calvary's cross, but that doesn't mean that after Calvary, there was nothing left for them to do. After Calvary, it was the responsibility of the disciples to spread the good news, share the gospel message that Jesus can save to the utmost. What better time to tell the Jesus story? God has the attention of the whole world it took coronavirus to get the world's attention so that we could tell the world about a hill called Calvary. We can tell the world that they have a Savior who loved them so much that he took the time to pray for them while getting ready to give up his life for them. The Bible says in the, this 17th chapter, in the ninth verse, Jesus petitions the Father by saying, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Jesus reminded the Father while I was in the world, I, I kept them. I didn't lose none except the son of perdition so that scripture might be fulfilled. And since I'm no longer going to be in this world, Father, I need you to keep them. Keep them from the evil one. Keep them from Satan. Keep them on one accord, just like we are on one accord. Father, I don't pray that you take them out of the world, but don't let the devil overtake them while they're in the world. Just like the world hated me, the world's going to hate y'all too. They're not of this world. Just like I'm not of this world. You're in the world, but you're not of this world. Set them apart with your truth. Father, your word is the truth. I didn't come by today to burst anybody's bubbles. But I just stop by to let you know the truth. If you are in Christ, then this world is not your home. This world is on a collision course with destruction.
So don't get overwhelmed by pandemics. There's going to be worse things to come. God cursed this world after the fall of Adam, and it won't be removed until the world has been purified and renewed by fire. That's why God said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. It's time for all God's children who trust God with their whole heart. It's time for us to tell the truth. The word of God is our truth. And don't you believe, I'm silly enough to believe that I can stand on the word of God. This world is not your home. The labor pains of tribulation have already started. Corona might be the first contraction, but it surely won't be the last. Saints of God, it's time to take your position as watchmen on the wall, letting folk know that destruction is on the way. But God has given us a more excellent way. That's why we can say it like Dorothy way back in The Wizard of Oz. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. And I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that I know my way back home. I don't have to click my heels three times because that would just mean I'm still in this world. My way back home was purchased by love from my Savior who took the time to pray for me. I said, my way back home was bought with a price that I couldn't pay for myself. My way back home came by the way of Calvary and Calvary's cross. It might have taken 42 generations, but my way back home came right on time. I said, it might have taken a wooden cross and three large nails, but those were the building materials that I needed for my new home. It might have taken six hours on the cross to close the deal for my new mortgage, but it was worth it, was worth it to Jesus so he could welcome me back home. I, I said, even after the closing, it took me three more days and three more nights until I could get the keys to my new home. But Jesus said, it was worth it. But let me tell you that nearly 2,000 years ago, early that Sunday morning, God raised Jesus with all power in his hands. And now we can all say, because he said he has the keys to death, hell, and the grave, that we have a way back home. Now I say I'm not worried about this world because I have a new home over in glory and it's mine and it's yours and it's yours and it's yours it's everyone who believes in the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ I don't know because nothing 
absolutely nothing can separate us from our new home because nothing can separate us from the love of God which we have in Christ Jesus. Corona can't separate us because I have Calvary's cure. Loss of income or job can't separate me because I have Calvary's cure. Grief can't separate me because I received my cure for that on Calvary's cross. I might have to socially separate, but nothing can separate me from the love of God because Calvary is my cure. Some of my freedoms and liberties might be taken away in this world, but I know whom the Son sets free. They're free indeed, because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So wherever you might be today, I want you to know that there is no place like home. So let your hearts not be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. I need to let you know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come unto the Father but by him. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. And I wonder, do you want to go? Do you want to go? Do you want to go to my father's house? Because in my father's house, they say there's no more crying there. They tell me there's no more sickness there. They even tell me there's no more dying there. They tell me in my father's house the streets are paved with gold and I can even have rest for my soul. I can have eternal life because I have a home in the sky. I'm going to that special place where I can say finally, I'm home. I can say I'm going to be caught up to meet him in the air. Because I have Calvary's cure. The question is, what about you? What about you? Will you see Jesus when he comes back? Will you be one caught up to meet him in the air? I can't wait to see him. So I encourage you to come. Go with me to my father's house. There's plenty good room in my father's house earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal what we're going through it's only temporary this is not your home there's no place like home calvary has a cure for all of earth's ills to god be the glory